You're listening to the Quince podcast. Set your house in order. What absolute nonsense is going on here? Enough is enough. These are just some of the comments and observations in the long list of scathing criticism on the various state governments handling of the second wave of the, of the pandemic from some of the highest authorities in the country the indian high courts high courts from all four corners of the country and more have transformed into effective watchdogs in these uncertain times and have come down heavily on their respective state governments this election commission and even the center over their quote unquote shoddy management of the covid crisis in the country that we are currently going through So in today's episode we'll go through the major observations and comments made by the Indian high courts during the second wave of the pandemic and their significance. So for today's episode I have the Quince legal consultant Karan Tripathi for another episode of breaking down big legal junctures in our country's history. Karan welcome back to the big story. It's been a while since us punekers have had a chance to talk at length with everything which has been going on in the past uh two weeks or three weeks or such. Yes it's been a while and a lot has transpired and uh, I hope we would have ha- would have met during times that were merrier than the contemporary prevailing times and but this is what we have and we have to face yeah. it and we have to survive it but it's always it's, it always feels great to be back talking yeah. to you fellow punekar for yeah. the big story I'm glad that I have a chance to talk to you about this because this has been something which has been on my mind and I think on a lot of other people as well because we haven't seen these amount of observations like every day uh, we are seeing an observation made by a high court on the handling of the pandemic by a state government or uh, or a criticism on the election commission as well uh, so I first want to talk to you about regarding the highest legal body in our country which is the supreme court which only has had a in my opinion a lingering role in this pandemic compared to the speed and also the significant amount of courage in which uh, the high courts have moved to take up cases the criticism has from on the supreme court has come up uh, to such an extent where when a bench headed by cji bobde uh, took up the pandemic situation so motu the immediate reaction from a large section of the bar and the public was that this was a move to stem the tide of criticism the union government was receiving from the high courts but i think all of that changed today which is 30th april when the supreme court bench warned the center in the states against the alleged crackdown on social media so i wanted to know first what is your opinion on how the supreme court has acted in response to the pandemic especially in these past two weeks yeah i mean uh, if you talk about the so motu taken by then our last chief justice of india who superannuated on april 23rd mm-hmm. uh, if we actually read the order the order did not say that we are taking over the cases from the high courts that we are transferring mm-hmm. the cases from the high courts that was not there in the order what was there in the order was that we might think about doing that right mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and that statement uh, actually was followed up by as you as you rightly mentioned criticism from across the board from fraternity from senior counsel former president of the supreme court bar association dushandave yeah. uh people from media everybody and the criticism was mainly this that when the high courts are already dealing with the matter and mm-hmm. are actually holding the central government and other authorities accountable 
Yeah. Was it required for the Supreme Court to sort of halt the ongoing process yeah. and you know transfer all these powers to itself? Uh, but uh, the very next day, the Supreme Court bench uh, sort of very categorically said that this that this criticism was unfounded and preemptive because they never mentioned in their order that they're actually they're actually transferring the power the, the cases from the High Court or they're stopping the High Court from, yeah. from hearing these cases. They never mentioned that. Uh, and then they criticized uh, senior advocate Dushandave for actually uh, suggesting that you know the the Supreme Court is doing that, and and the Supreme Court said that did you even read our order before criticizing mm-hmm. us? So that actually makes us question that then why there was such a huge uproar, and there was a huge uproar because of the track record of the Supreme Court, yes. because of the track record of the of the uh, retired CGI uh, CGI Bob Day is that and that track record both of taking over cases but not doing anything substantial yeah whether it was the migrant crisis cases uh, the, the the migrant crisis problem or the anti caa petition or the kashmir petition 370 petition we've seen that this court uh, uh, uh the, this the, the court when it was head by, led by cj bob day used to take up these matters issue notices and then these matters would just get adjourned or would not come for hearing for months. And then these issues will be slowly eradicated from the public conscience because as we know, news is a perishable commodity, but justice is not. Yeah. But we saw that the just and we saw that one of the reasons why this criticism, though preemptive, was not unfounded is because in the track record of the of the Supreme Court led by Chief Justice Bob Day, was mm-hmm. that the justice was also de- was also dealt with like the news, like the yeah. news is like the news is perishable. Justice itself became perishable, mm-hmm. and uh, and the philosophy was that the more we sort of try to postpone this these issues, the lesser their magnitude will get. And yeah. that's why that's why the legal fraternity was like, there was no point for them to again do what they have done in the past, mm-hmm. and especially during crises such as the second wave. So I think that the criticism was more coming from the track record, but not mm-hmm. from the actual order of the Supreme Court, because in that order, they nowhere mentioned that they're actually taking over the cases from the High Court. Yeah. So what do you think about uh, the judgment which came came today as well? Uh, which is to uh, to warn the, the state governments in the center to on the clampdown that that has been on social media, which is which I think all of our social media, uh, whether it's Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, it's flooded with people asking for oxygen cylinders or remdesivir or hospital beds or, or plasma or anything else. So, do you think this was a bit too late, or this they, or they should have stepped in a bit too early, like around two weeks early? Also, I think. We could have had something else. We could be, we may be living in a different uh, trajectory as such. I don't know because see, this is a this is a classic example of how a change in bench can really affect things. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah, of course. Yeah. Now we do not have CGI Bob Day hearing this two motor matter, but we have mm-hmm. a judge who is celebrated as a liberal judge or a judge who is a protector of fundamental rights, Justice D.Y. Mm-hmm. Chandrachul. So now he is the one hearing the matter and just this change in the bench, just this Mm -hmm. change in one person leading the bench. Within one week, 
Yeah, brought about substantial change in the orders that we are seeing. So this yeah. also sort of sends out a message that that we can't look at the orders coming out from Supreme Court in isolation. Most of these orders mm-hmm. are also a reflection of the bench which is passing these orders or the mm-hmm. judge that is passing these orders. Yeah. So so that is that is what the reflection is. This is what the entire picture changed in two mm-hmm. weeks because of the change in bench. Um, When you talk about Supreme Court intervening earlier, I don't know how to answer that question because there were a major section of people who were criticizing Supreme Court intervening in the first place. Mm -hmm. Right. So one might say that Supreme Court as it was Mm -hmm. when 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 Chief Justice, uh, when when, uh, S.A. Bobde was the Chief Justice of India, then that intervention would have been problematic. But but now that the Supreme Court is right now with the mm. bench being held by Justice D.Y. Chandrachur, then mm. you can probably say, oh, they could have just intervened earlier. But I think mm. that's just an argument in which, in my eyes, do not stand. Yeah. Because it's, I mean, the judiciary works, I mean, it cannot work in the whims and fancies of, of the public sentiment, mm. right? Like, it has to work as per the rules, as per the, as, as per the law. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as in, as the matters were already pending before high courts and high courts were already managing, mm-hmm. then, you know, that was a criticism that Supreme Court should not have intervened. So if you yeah. ask me the question that whether Supreme Court should have intervened earlier, well, I don't think that there is a right answer to that question because Supreme Court was completely different. And this bench was completely different just mm-hmm. two weeks ago. Yeah. So, or actually just last week. Just, so, just last yeah. Week, Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, coming back to, you know, you just uh, pointed out that what changed and talking about the orders that have come out today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there is a substantial change in the way Supreme Court is now approaching this case. Yeah. And one of them is that Supreme Court has very categorically said that people sharing SOS messages on social media can't be booked yeah. under NSA, National Security Act or mm-hmm. or or cannot be termed as people spreading rumors, mm-hmm. which is which is basically Supreme Court reiterating what is clearly written in our constitution, that yeah. we have a fundamental right to freedom of speech and expression, which can only be restricted under the, you know, under the provisions given in Article 19 mm-hmm. So a, a state government or a central government cannot restrict that right because it rubs them the wrong way. Yeah. Just because it is a dissenting view, just because it's a view that exposes their misdoings, they cannot simply take it down or they cannot simply, you know, criminalize. They cannot approach dissent from a criminalized, uh, they cannot they cannot just approach people dissenting from a criminalized perspective, which this government has been doing. Like this, this, is, this is government's ready response to any dissent is criminalization. Mm-hmm. So this is a very, very, a uh, very important message that has come out from the Supreme Court that that people who are putting out these SOS messages, they are distressed. Yeah. They are the people who have been failed by the system. They have been, uh, they are the victims of the apathy of the state, of the criminal negligence of the authorities that led to this situation. They, mm-hmm. are, they are facing the wrath of not a, of not a natural disaster, but a yeah. man-made disaster. A disaster which got amplified by the ignorance of the authorities. So they are very much within their rights to not just, you know, uh, not just talk, of, not just express their views on social media asking for help, but also, 
you know just just express their anger and their disgust and just went and they are very well within their rights to do that and supreme court very categorically said that if any police officer like a very strong message going out to uh, dgps across the country that yeah. if any person is booked for putting out that messages on social media then the supreme mm-hmm. court will issue contempt proceedings against the police officers mm-hmm. so they will be booked uh, under the contempt of court yeah so i think that was a very very important message to go out mm-hmm. and that's a very valid point so apart from being battered with the pandemic as well what we also unfortunately and unsurprisingly to an extent were witness to were massive rallies especially in the states of west bengal mask and social distancing like we have seen a lot of videos and photos spreading on social media were a different dream in these rallies and for exactly these reasons the madras high court came down heavily on the election commission saying that murder charges should probably be imposed on the panel for being quote unquote the only institution responsible for the situation that we are in today and also and i quote that the eci is empowered to act but what is it doing just passing circulars and leaving it to the people issuance of circulars and holding of meetings by themselves to do not discharge the onerous responsibility of the eci so i wanted to know when you first read that headline of murder charges should be placed on the ec officers or on the officers what was your reaction and also in your experience of covering high courts in the past and also studying law how heartbreaking is this kind of a comment by a high court yes i mean uh, my response was slightly different from all those people who read this headline in probably the newspapers because i was actually mm-hmm. attending the hearing yeah. i was covering the case so i knew in exactly in what context these words were said mm-hmm. and i think i also subsequently wrote a story on this that how it is important for us to sort of distinguish between the commentary and the actual orders because these mm-hmm. are the words that are part of you know figure of speech and said in the spur of the moment and yeah. you know just the just the commentary that happens inside the courtroom and not actually substantive part of the order and mm-hmm. uh, but because the sentiments are so heightened right now yeah. and uh, the agony that the magnitude of the agony and the anguish that people feel is is literally boiling mm-hmm. that they, that these statements sort of you know hold a much higher uh, they mm-hmm. they sort of they sort of attack you in a much more profound way than probably mm-hmm. they would have in during normal times right yeah. because they sort of end up uh, validating what uh, they sort of validating the retributive feelings that a lot of people who have lost their loved ones are are, mm-hmm. are having yeah right like because because someone who has lost their loved one during mm-hmm. due to the pandemic and especially in the election states the election bound states they must be having this retributive feelings that you know i just feel like that they should they all should be booked for murder this is murder they've been killed by the government now when when this commentary sort of comes from the court all these all these people they feel that their opinion and their views have been validated so mm-hmm. so so because of the context in which they are made but then as 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 rational persons we need to sort of understand that these are not what the court actually meant these are because mm-hmm. within the courtrooms the the sociology of the courtroom and the and the and the anthro, uh, ethnography of the courtroom also results into these comments you you have uh, hospitals approaching court saying that we only have one hour of oxygen left 
Yeah. You have uh, advocates approaching courts saying that our relatives are dying, that we can't find hospital beds. Mm-hmm. There, there are actually instances of advocates breaking down before the judge. Yeah. They're literally crying, which I have never mm-hmm. seen in my experience of covering courts. Mm-hmm. Is advocates are literally crying before the court help us save us. So you know the yeah. tensions, the the tension inside the courtroom, the sentiments, the emotions inside the courtroom is extremely mm-hmm. heightened. and that's why it becomes really difficult for a judge to sort of not become a part of it and yeah. again you see that uh, most of most of the response to these headlines were created by the media reportage because mm-hmm. media thought that this was the most reportable part of that order yeah. or most reportable part of that hearing because this sentence never made into the order because you also have similar commentary coming from delhi high court delhi high court judge said you know all these people should be hanged mm mm-hmm. now that is very disturbing i mean yeah. i mean considering that it is not only retributive but you're also trivializing a concept as as serious as death penalty yeah you know when you know that death penalty is such a contested uh, contested sphere of punishment mm-hmm. and how and the kind of criticism death penalty has received from across the board and when a judge and especially a person who holds the power of either giving or pardoning that uh, either giving or refuting that penalty makes statements like this person should be hanged then it is disturbing because it trivializes that penalty but at the same time we know as much as we know that this was just a commentary a statement made in the spur of the moment but the fact that this statement reflects the subconscious of the judge yeah you know that for me was little disturbing that for me the the yeah. subconscious of the judge still thinks that it's okay to hang people yeah so yeah so that's what i said it did not impact me the way it impacted probably the person who lost their loved ones in an election bound state and mm. were already having retributive feelings but i think mm. the media had a major role to play to create the impact the impact yeah. was largely manufactured by how that proceeding was was reported and that's why mm. i thought it was my prerogative to do a story to inform people that mm-hmm. what was actually said was just mere commentary and it was not part of the actual order i do agree with you to a large extent as well but i think it also shows how dire the situation is across the country that courts from delhi to madras are giving out the same sentiment in this in the, the same broader sentiment as well that what is going on and what what's actually happening and that there is no immediate uh, response as such or or legitimate response to solving this crisis from any government as such or any state government and like the covid and oxygen crisis in uttar pradesh especially is eye opening especially when it comes to like undercounting deaths in hospital beds my entire week last week was just reporting on undercounting deaths in crematoriums i want to talk to you more about the alabad high court observation on 19 march which slamming the up government for being underprepared saying and i quote those at the helm of affairs of governance failed to counter the pandemic even after one long year of experience and are to be blamed for the pre- and are to be blamed for the present chaotic health problems so i want to know about what is your reaction to the alabad high court uh, observation on this i think alabad high court voiced the opinion of a lot of people mm-hmm. i think at that moment alabad high court became the mouthpiece of the citizens who have been mm. who have been constantly are confused angry agitated but don't know 
how to express that in a state yeah. where you've been charged with nsa for just putting out a tweet yeah. so so i think for 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 a lot of people those words from alabas high court was you know uh, sort of an agency to express things that they would have wanted themselves to express but they couldn't yeah but high court did so i think it was high court at that moment was being the mouthpiece yeah. of the sentiments of the public uh and, and also comments other than the ones uh, i also want to quote one more thing is uh, this is what justice uh, ajit kumar and sadar sadartha verma uh, said is that we and i quote we would be laughed at that we have enough to spend on elections and very little to spend on public health so these are the comments and observations which are coming from the alabad high court on the sitting uh, yogi adityanath government exactly and i think alabad high court could only comment on this yeah right like budgeting of elections holding of elections how do yeah. you hold elections how much rallies you want to do how do you want to do these rallies these are not the decisions that the courts are supposed to make yeah so you know we can't expect alabad high court to make a substantive order on this this mm-hmm. is exactly the domain of the political parties who are participating in this elections and the election commission both election commission of india and the state election commission and so all that alabad high court could do at that moment is to issue show cause notices to the election commission and explain you know because 135 people actually died in the election duty 135 people lost their lives during election duty in uttar pradesh panchayat poll so mm-hmm. all that alabad high court can legally do is to ask the government questions and ask them to provide answers through affidavits mm-hmm. and that's what alabad high court did but the commentary is well is is all that alabad high court could do because they cannot govern decisions like how much rallies you should have and how yeah. much where you should have that's purely yeah. the domain of the executive yeah this is not where the court has to step in exactly yeah so i think i think we cannot i think that the commentary that came up out of the alabad high court unfortunately mm-hmm. the court could only come up with a commentary and yeah. i think uh, also because the 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 previous order uh, where they imposed lockdown in the five cities yeah. uttar pradesh was immediately challenged in the supreme yes. court and the supreme court challenged yeah. and the supreme court put a stay on it yeah and no i mean no marks no brownie points for getting yeah. who was the bench <laughs> so yeah so we so exactly right so it so the point is that when when the alabad high court took a step further and yeah. took a very assertive decision of putting lockdown because the state government was not doing it yeah. you have supreme court overturning or staying that decision overnight yeah so you have to see the context in which these high courts are operating and i think i think it is unfair to expect alabad high court or for that matter any high court to translate that commentary into actual orders because yeah. they legally can't do that but yeah. the fact that they are the fact that they are actually making that commentary and they are asking tough questions to the government and they are uh, they are sort of criticizing the government in their orders mm-hmm. is good enough yeah because you can't expect the court to be as retributive as a person who lost a family member yeah so we need to be as much as i as much as i can empathize with the people who are suffering and who have lost their loved ones and are extremely angry and frustrated i also feel that 
we have to approach the working of the high court during this covid crisis from a yeah. rational perspective yeah also i think more power to them because they are becoming our voices given the times that we are living in right now and compounded by the administrative chaos also that we have like if our high courts are stepping up to be our watchdogs to be uh, society's watchdogs and being our voices in the courts then more power to them and also, i think it's also important to state that none of the high courts that we have mentioned and more also like the gujarat high court the uh, nagpur bench of the bombay high court none of them have been have been unafraid to call to call a spade a spade and highlight the complete failure of the state and the central government as well to to manage the second wave of covid so which is which is very commendable and i yeah. think very commendable and a breath of fresh air yes honestly. it is honestly it, it is like it is the only ray of like sunshine that we have sometimes uh, also that we have people in the judiciary and who are calling out the government to some extent to large extent not some extent yes absolutely and i think high courts are doing everything they can within their limited jurisdiction and limited powers to mm. uh, i you know you can actually see hearings are happening on daily basis yeah uh, and these hearings are going for hours and hours and they are actually calling nodal officers to join the hearing health secretaries mm. to join the hearing chief secretaries to join the hearing so you all the higher authorities bureaucrats have been issued notices mm-hmm. to ex- to join the hearings and explain what is happening the strict directions have been administrative directions are being issued like we saw in delhi high court there was an ad- the direction issued for mm-hmm. transportation transportation of oxygen ox- and then uh, men are getting uh, uh, the directing delhi government to get more cryogenic tank- tanks for transporting of oxygen yeah disclosure of information transparency accountability so we are seeing uh, substantive directions that are coming to sort of put the house in order mm-hmm. so i feel that the high courts are doing great job and the commentary is also the the commentary that we are seeing from the high courts are also sort of providing some some ease to those yeah. who cannot voice their frustration to those who yeah. can who who know that they are even if they scream they're they are screaming in void yeah. in vacuum they're screaming in vacuum because there is no one's going to hear them no one's going to listen to them the government is not listening to them so when mm-hmm. they see their views and their frustration being called out and uh, being sort of voiced in the courtroom by the by the judiciary and and through tough questions to the government i yeah. feel that there is some sense of relief i'm not saying that it's a big relief but i feel that that frustration is mitigated a little bit if you like listening to this episode please subscribe to the big story for episodic updates we're available on apple google podcast spotify geo7 and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms for other podcasts please log on to the quint website and for any feedback please shoot an email to podcast@thequint.com Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quint's website and check out our other podcasts.